Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode 116 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. We've got a great show today. It's Our theme is Independence Day. Indeed, Independence Day. So, Independence Day, we like to call it the 4th of July. We celebrate it with family cookouts and hot dogs and burgers on the grill and close the day out with sparklers and fireworks. But when was the last time you or I really stopped to consider the deeper meanings of this day? What too many of us don't know is that July 4, 1776 wasn't the day we gained our independence from English rule. It was the day we signed a document declaring and knew that we must fight for the right to have our freedom. Too many of us have become so separated from our nation's historical origins that we only know the 4th July 4th as an extra day off from work, when in fact, it was the day that our forefathers set out to do the hardest, most perilous, and dangerously life-threatening work. So why did our forefathers take these measures? What does it mean to be independent and free? Well, let's step into the Wayback Machine and Imagine a time when the citizens were being taxed and oppressed in order to finance a group of self-important elites who lived the high life on the backs of ordinary people just like us. Workers, farmers, shopkeepers, and tradesmen and women. The powerful attempting to make the power less even more so. When the citizens complained, the ruling class replied with more oppressive laws. When the people requested relief, the rulers handed down crushing taxation. In desperation, the citizens pressed back with pleas for mercy. The rulers, fearing an uprising of backlash, began stripping the citizens of the tools they needed to survive, their firearms. Firearms were, and are, an integral to daily life, the ability to hunt for food, defend homes, and protect the lives of loved ones from both four-legged and two-legged predators. Those who sat in lofty seats of power and prestige became convinced that they, their lives, and their families were more important than those of the citizens. They believed that these people held only enough value as they could supply the kings with labor and tax dollars to finance the whims and wants of these rulers. 
Come to think of it, maybe we don't have to get into the Wayback Machine to see how it was for these people. Maybe we have allowed ourselves to be much less independent than what our forefathers intended. We just might have slipped back one little step at a time to being servants, being crushed under the feet of tyrants. One political party or the other thinks up some common sensey sounding idea that requires that we all do our part to give up just a little bit of our personal freedoms for the greater good. The media knits together a pretty little noose of fancy words and then we, without even thinking about what so many fought for, slip the noose around our own necks. One compromise at a time. I can only imagine how frustrated our founders would be if they knew how often we take comfort over constitutional principles, how ready we are to throw away and ignore all that they and generations of soldiers and families sacrificed because some politician somewhere manufactured a few fake tears while the cameras were rolling. The rights restrictors are counting on the fact that we don't know our history. They are gleefully pied-pipering the new generation of voters down streets built on shifting sands of lies and policies that have been shown to be the ruin of nations as far back as humans have been recording history. They want so much for Independence Day to simply be the 4th of July and to distract us with bright, shiny sparklers and fireworks. Now, I love fireworks and sparklers, and I say yes, let's enjoy the time we've been given with our families and wonder at the spectacle of celebration, but do so with the knowledge that those fireworks and celebrations were earned by people who experienced explosive battles and hand-to-hand -hand combat and near starvation in order to win our right to even have the rights that are spelled out in our Declaration of Independence, our Constitution, and our Bill of Rights. So how do we do that? I say do just one thing differently this Independence Day. If you've never invested the hour it will take to read our Constitution, do that with your morning coffee. If you've never invested time getting to know about George Washington and that all you do know is that he supposedly chopped down a cherry tree, grab a few minutes reading a reputable biography on this man who with all of his accomplishments really just saw himself as a farmer who wanted so much to have spent more time at his beloved Mount Vernon home. If you haven't been to a Museum of American History, take your family and arrange for a guided tour. You know, our history is complicated. It's messy, and it isn't always pretty. But it is a history like no other nation ever has or likely ever will be. It is ours, and it is worthy of our time and attention. 
And once you have learned something new, I pray it will ignite a fire in you and create a hunger for more knowledge that will forever realign the way that you and your family think about and appreciate Independence Day. Dan? You know, I was thinking about all what you're saying there in that four, six-minute speech that you just gave. <laughs> <coughs> and, you know, you're right. I mean, what do we think about George Washington in, high, in school? It was chopping the cherry tree down. And I'm thinking, how did this guy get on a quarter, you know, <laughs> and on our dollar bill when he chopped down a cherry tree? Uh-huh. So it is um, – it's a shame that we don't really go deep into the history – when we're at young age to really learn the sacrifices that these people made to make us free. And then I think about Independence Day, the 4th of July, and for years, every time I see the fireworks, I, I saw Battlefield. Hmm. And uh, I think that we should look at it that way, that what the people sacrificed for us to have the freedom to shoot fireworks mm-hmm. and to be able to breathe this beautiful air that we have here. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. You were saying earlier, you know, think about every every firecracker you hear, the hundreds of lives that that it took to gain the independence and the freedom that we enjoy. And I thought right. that was very well said. Yeah. Well, we have some awesome guests. You want to read about those? Well, our first hour, we have Will Riley, a 19-year-old student from Carlsbad, New Mexico. He organized the Stand for the Second walkout on May 2nd, 2018, during which students stood up for the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. We have Gene Truono. He's running as a Republican for U.S. Senate, Senate in Delaware. Gene's two principles are the Constitution and states' rights and plans to adhere to both when proposing, sponsoring, and voting on legislation. He is also an avid defender of the Second Amendment. Gene has over 30 years' experience in the financial services industry, with his last post being Chief Compliance Officer at PayPal. Mm-hmm. We also have Paul Brookman. He's a captain and spokesperson for the Patriot Picket, a Second Amendment activist group headquartered in Maryland. A lifetime NRA member and lead plaintiff in Maryland shall issue versus Hogan, challenging the ban on bump stocks in the state of Maryland. Who knew that we even had that going on? Mm-hmm. I had heard of it. Um, but uh, when I met him, when I met Paul in person, it didn't immediately click in my mind. Uh, that he was the lead plaintiff in that. So that'll be, that'll be interesting to get to talk to him about. Right. In our second hour, we have Jim Limitor. He's president and CEO responsible for the overall operational and creative vision for Outdoor Sportsman's Group, which is, a, is compromised of Outdoor Channel. Comprised of. Uh, comprised, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Of, you know, it's a Monday. I know. <laughs> Every day is a Monday, right? <laughs> of Outdoor Channel, Sportsman <laughs> Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV as well as 15 leading outdoor magazines and 19 top industry websites. We have Tony Simon, owner of Simon Says Train, and the second is for everyone, a diversity shoot. After the Sandy Hook tragedy, the extreme anti-gun legislation in New Jersey motivated Tony to get involved with the Second Amendment movement. Mm -hmm. We have Zena Amaroni, the chairwoman and national director on March Fourth, our March for Our Rights, a student-led nonprofit organization with mission to protect the Second Amendment through social media education and peaceful demonstration. Absolutely. We also will have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and, if there's time, Dan's 
Commentary. Um, I bet you there's not time today with <laughs> what you're going to be talking about. The response we were on Citizen Report is going to be really fun. You, you really want to stick around for that. I also want to say that this show is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Check out more of all of this kind of content at selfdefenseradionetwork.net. And without further ado, I think we'll break for commercial so we can get back with our first guest, Jean Truono. Stick around. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me, and I And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's SAF. Hi folks, I'm Don Kyer. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours too. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And you'll notice from the music, we are celebrating, maybe a little early, but celebrating Independence Day and and all that America has to offer and all the people that have come here from all all across the globe seeking a better life and a better way of life and they would not have done that they would not be doing that if america wasn't built exactly the way it was you know our our history it can be messy it can be uh you know not the prettiest but it is ours and it has built a beautiful place that people come from everywhere and uh always will as far as long as we protect and preserve what america is 
Well, our first guest today is Jean Truono. Jean is running as a Republican for U.S. Senate in Delaware. Jean's two principles are the Constitution and states' rights and plans to adhere to both when proposing, sponsoring, and voting on legislation. He is also an avid defender of the Second Amendment. Gene has over 30 years' experience in the financial services industry, with his last post being Chief Compliance Officer at PayPal. I use PayPal a lot. Welcome to the show, Gene. Sure, great to be here. Absolutely. Well, Dan's here, too. We'll try to let him get a word in edgewise. But <laughs> Hi, Gene. Hey, you know, it was really great talking to you this week. I um, really enjoyed uh, your vision. Yeah, me too. I think it was a great um, <clears throat> turnout. We had a little bit of ruckus on the steps of the Supreme Court, but it was... Um, I think we made our point, and we uh, we really had a great day. Absolutely. So, um, as you guys alluded to, uh, you and I both were speakers this past week at the celebration of the Heller versus D.C. decision, speaking on the steps of the Supreme Court building in Washington D.C. about the Second Amendment. And I just wanted to ask you, you know, here for our listeners, we have a nationwide audience, not not just uh, Arizona listeners where I am, not just Delaware listeners where you are. Talk to us about why that event was important to you. Well, I think, you know, as we're seeing all across the country in, in uh, response to some of the tragedies that have occurred, there have been a number of state uh, legislators, including here in Delaware, but also on the federal level, of um, wanting to restrict the Second Amendment. And when people talk to me about this issue, um, you know, as, I, as you mentioned in the beginning, I, I am a constitutionalist. Mm-hmm. These laws are, will ultimately be determined unconstitutional, and I think you know, wanting to take away people's firearms is not the, re- the answer to this problem. I think we need to, you know, as you and I have discussed, but as I discussed with other folks, really we need to get to the root cause, and I think that's really the mental health issue in this country, and it's certainly about school and, and uh, public form safety. I, I said early on when an incident happened in Las Vegas that, you know, every school, every church, every public um, uh, facility can do an independent risk assessment on what they think they need to do in order to protect uh, the people inside and, and prevent people from outside who would do them harm. Absolutely. And I think that it always is best when you allow, you know, as close to the event, uh, the people to, to not allow, because, you know, it's a God-given right to save our own lives, right? But, you know, you remove any obstacles to the people who are closest to any event, who know their own organization, who know the, the special um, maybe threats uh, posed by whatever it is they do and wherever it is they do it to make their own decisions. And, you know, that's about individual freedom, and that's what our, our forefathers really were trying to secure for us. So absolutely agree. I appreciate that. So your previous career, as I mentioned, was chief compliance officer at PayPal. So you clearly understand issues that impact the economy. So I just wanted to ask you, how will your previous experience uh, set you apart in this election? And should you move into the, the seat that you seek? Yeah, so I actually, I think my background is uniquely qualifies me for this role. I had um, to deal with throughout my entire career, not just to PayPal, but the other major financial institutions I worked for, three primary constituents. The first being the the business, which wanted to resist everything that we were trying to do. The regulators, (laughs) Mm -hmm. who were trying to get us to do far more than what was required. And then somewhere in the middle, the consumer was the one we're trying to protect, always got stuck. Mm. And I always said that, you know, over-regulation ends up costing the consumer more money. 
And I've always advocated for smart regulation so that we can come together, solve problems, and help people. And that's what I did throughout my 30 years in the financial services industry. That's what I want to do when I go to Washington. That is, you know, interesting to hear it broken down in that way uh, because you there's always that balance. You know, you've got to be able to try to not please everybody, but to do the best you can to make sure that in, in um, you know, to not infringe on somebody else's rights and abilities in order to satisfy the, the wants of, uh, you know, another party, right? May have lost Gene Truono. Well, we will see about trying to get him reconnected. Uh, could be the uh, technology gremlins at play here. Every once in a while we, we have that. You know, a call drops. Maybe there's a little weather between uh, Arizona and Delaware or something like that. Um, but just while we're waiting to try to get Gene back on, uh, Dan, you spoke to him quite a while while you guys were on the steps of the Supreme Court. Yeah, we did. Uh, talked about uh, he's got some terrific things he's planning on doing to uh, help protect our Second Amendment rights. Actually, all the rights of the Constitution. Great. Oh, and he is back with us. Fantastic. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where we lost you, but I think we'll just move on um, to the foreign policy is, is something I wanted to ask you about, because clearly when you're running for a, a federal seat, the U.S. Senate seat in Delaware, um, foreign policy is going to come into play. And I, I don't know if there was a time in my lifetime that, that I heard foreign policies in the news, uh, issues in the news more than I do today. But they can sometimes be confusing to ordinary citizens. You know, we don't have time to dig five layers deep into um, each, each issue that's out there and the country it's involved in and that sort of thing. So tell us, um, how are you going to serve your constituents in the area of foreign policy? One of the things that I did um, in my career, I was the global head of correspondent banking for J.P. Morgan. Um, and J.P. Morgan, for those people who don't know, is the second largest mover of the U.S. dollar around the world. And as part of the compliance program, we had to implement the USA Patriot Act to, to uh, uh, look for transactions for money laundering and terrorist financing. And so we watched the flow of money around the world. And I've actually said this on a number of occasions before. I think it became a popular phrase, but um, I call it the axis of evil, the flow of funds. Uh, and it starts in Iran, through Russia, to Cuba, uh, Venezuela, North Korea, and China. And so I've seen that flow of funds, and we've seen potential and stopped, actually, potential flows of terrorist financing around the world. And so understanding how that works, I think it's important that we all understand that while we have to have, I think, relationships with China and Russia, um, the Iran deal was a deal that was probably not an effective deal. I did not support it uh, when it was first proposed, and I certainly support the administration's um, pulling out of the deal because I think there are much better ways that we can deal with problems of, of bad actors around the world. Iran is still a state sponsor of terrorism. And I think we're seeing the results of the policies of this administration through the uh, ability to start a negotiation with North Korea. And I think what really led to that was a lot of diplomacy from the State Department, but I think it also was the fact that we put a lot of pressure on North Korea through sanctions uh, and also leveraged that relationship with China, but also threatened to put sanctions on China. And I think using diplomacy 
and sanctions tools are very effective in terms of foreign policy, and we're seeing the results. I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll come together to denuclearize the region in North Korea and hopefully in the longer term work with some of our other allies in the Middle East to um, have the same effect in Iran. So, Gene, what made you want to run for U.S. Senate? So I spent 30 years in the financial services industry, but one of my first jobs was was with a local bank. Uh, And it was the time, late 80s, if you remember, there was a, 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 the popular name of the bill was called the savings loan bailout because of the financial crisis um, back at the time. And when I read the law um, and had to implement it, I thought, this is not going to solve the problem. And I think the problem for me is that people in Washington who spend their careers there who don't understand how the practical aspects of regulations are deployed or implemented really don't look to solve the problem. And I always say, fast forward to 2008, we saw a repeat of the financial crisis. There were a lot more complicated issues along the way that led to that. But what I want to do when I go to Washington is take my practical experience and uh, help drive policy and possible legislation that can help solve problems that can help the consumers in this case uh, in the financial services industry. You know, it's kind of strange to me that the rulers of our nation, they don't understand the bills that they're trying to pass. And we have that with the Second Amendment rights, too. They just don't understand guns enough, in my opinion, to make those decisions that we don't need guns. I agree. And I think, again, as as, uh, we've talked a little bit about, as a constitutionalist, I always think that if you start with the Constitution um, and you use that as the lens in developing policy and then determine whether legislation is needed or not, is really the right framework to go against. And as I said earlier, you know, laws that are, are going to uh, restrict or ban firearms are obviously unconstitutional based on the Heller decision and some of the decisions that followed uh, because it's, it's settled law. Right. And so when legislators, I think, intentionally try to create laws to react to a situation instead of looking to solve the problems, it really doesn't help anybody. And right. it just creates a lot of, I think, discord, as we see in this country, about what is the real solution for the problem. I would rather sit down with the other side on this argument and say, okay, we have a problem. How do we solve that? As opposed to saying we're doing something that clearly end result end up being overturned by either a state Supreme Court or the U.S. Supreme Court. Absolutely. Well, we're about out of time, but I definitely want uh, to have you tell folks how they can find out more about your campaign and maybe support you by volunteering to help you or or with donations, that sort of thing, because it, it takes time and money to make these, um, these campaigns run, right? It does. Our uh, website is votetruono, that's T-R-U-O-N-O dot com. You can visit us on Facebook at uh, VoteToronto.com as well. Uh, We have um, a volunteer button and a donate button where they can go on and and also listen to issues or recordings that we've done in recent uh, events, including the one in Washington, Mm -hmm. where people can actually see and hear me speak about the issues and and how I uh, believe we can help change Washington by bringing somebody like me who's an outsider, uh, who brings a different perspective and brings an industry-wide perspective, which is what I think our forefathers intended instead of having people who just are in Washington for their whole lives and really don't see what's going out in the communities around them. Absolutely. Well, so thank that's VoteToronto.com, and um, I'd appreciate the support and help of not just the Second Amendment folks, but anybody else who wants to see real change. Uh, one last thing, if I can say, we're going to do a sure. rally in uh, on the Green in Dover uh, on Saturday because our state legislature is looking to put in uh, I think sneak in in the back end of the legislative session a potential ban on firearms. Mm-hmm. 
And what we'd like to do is, is, is show them that the people in the state of Delaware are, are clearly opposed to that um, and uh, hopefully get uh, a lot of support so we can prove that, you know, we do have a say and a voice in this country. Awesome. Thank you so much for all you do. And uh, best of luck with your campaign. And uh, we appreciate your time. Gene Truono. Bye-bye. All right. And so stick around. We still have Will Riley coming right up. 19-year-old student out of New Mexico organized a walkout. But this one was stand for the second. Stick around. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And we are proud to be living in America. Right, Dan? Yeah. That's your guy. <laughs> that's, your, that's your guy. Dan's commentary every week. Uh, James Brown always kind of punctuates whatever point he's making. So there it is. That's it. I love it. All right. Well, our next guest is Will Riley. Will is a 19-year-old student from Carlsbad, New Mexico, who organized a walkout. 
but this walkout was called Stand for the Second. It was on May 2nd, 2018, during which students stood up for the Second Amendment. Welcome to the show, Will. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. We're very excited to connect with you. Um, I, this, this was such a great uh, reply or a pushback or a, a counter to all of the other um, walkout activity that we saw. And it really encouraged me that maybe not every young person has completely gulped down the gallon jugs of Kool-Aid that uh, the David Hogs of the world are, are stirring up there. So um, what made you decide to organize this walkout? Well, really, the reason that we did this was because we saw that a lot of people thought that all kids were like that, that all kids were trying to, you know, get rid of our Second Amendment rights. But I, we, want, we really wanted to show people that that wasn't the case. It's because when I look at my friends, when I look at my peers, a lot of them don't think that. But that was definitely the narrative that people like David Hogg were pushing. They, they went as far as to say this is kids versus the NRA. Mm. Whereas, you know, a lot of these kids that he's talking about are active supporters of groups like the NRA. And whenever those types of people like David Hogg emboldened former Supreme Court Justice Stevens to come out and call for the complete repeal of the Second Amendment, mm. that's when I decided that something had to be done. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you did and that you're even in tune enough because that's the other thing that I I think um, is, is quote-unquote common knowledge is that people your age, in your rough age group, are just not even connected with our history or our Constitution. So the fact that you are, um, is that, is, do you credit your parents? Do you credit your school? Like, how did that happen that you aren't so um, disconnected like we think so many kids... You're not a kid. You know what I mean? I keep saying the word kid. I was married when I was your age. So uh, people your age. Well, you know, I think that I, I, it's probably a lot due to my parents. I would say it's probably not due a lot to my school. Um, but uh, I, honestly, I think that there are a lot of people like me. Uh, it's just that the society right now does not reward those people and it doesn't, you know, bring them forward. It doesn't bring them out of the woodwork. And instead, we, you know, we perpetuate people like David Hogg, and then you end up with these situations where you think that there is there are very few, uh, you know, young people like myself. But you know that, like with this walkout, we saw that wasn't the case. There were a huge amount of people wanted to participate in this that I had no idea were out there. I knew that some were, but I I didn't know that it would be anything like this. So I was pleasantly surprised that there are a lot of people like me in this country. That is tremendous. And, you know, when you stand up and you walk out, you know, that is a very um, visible activity. You know, you're physically involving yourself in it. Um, what I had experienced, like prior to, to putting this show together five years ago or however long we've been on the air, was that I would interact with my Facebook page and, you know, put Second Amendment constitutional posts out there. And I would have people message me or text me quietly on the side and kind of give me that thumbs up like, yes, I'm so glad that there's somebody else out there that thinks like I do. I just can't I just don't feel comfortable kind of being vocal 
but please, you know, asking me to please continue to be vocal. And here you uh, created a situation where people were so invested that they did stand up and physically say, this is the side I'm on. And that is huge. I don't know if you realize how huge that is, but I am, I'm so excited for, for what you put together. Well, thank you. I, I, you know, I think that, I think that really, uh, my main goal here was to give people a platform to say something because I know a lot of people that did end up participating in the stand for the second walkouts before had done something like made it a point to stay in class during the anti-gun walkout. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're right. It, It is, it is something that's a lot more active to walk up, uh, you know, to get up and walk out of class. Uh, and so I think giving people a sort of an organized opportunity to, you know, make their voices heard, I think that that's something that we need to do more often because otherwise people don't know how to express their viewpoint just when they're an individual. But as a group, they might be able to, to show that viewpoint a little easier. Mm-hmm. Will, this is Dan. Welcome to the show. Hey, did you get any pushback from your fellow students or teachers when you set this thing up? Well, I didn't have hardly any pushback from my fellow students. Uh, I had a few students who disagreed with me, but most of them chose to, you know, have civil conversations with me. Um, I can say that uh, my my teachers weren't, it wasn't exactly the same case uh, with the administrators at my school. Uh, I had some trouble. Uh, You know, I confirmed that we were going to do this about a month in advance with my principal. And then the day of, he tried to do everything he could to stop it. And, you know, this is when there's Fox News has showed up at my school. Like, he knows what's happening at this point, and he's still trying to shut it down. This is happening not just to me, but all across the country. We ended up realizing that this isn't just a Second Amendment issue that we're talking about now. It's a First Amendment one, too. Mm -hmm. Because in these school districts across the country, including mine, they totally perpetuated the anti-gun walkouts. And then when it came to ours, they tried to shut it down. And so that is a big deal. It's viewpoint discrimination and it is a constitutional issue. So we ended up uncovering that as well. Absolutely. So with all of that, do you think that the the stand for the second walkouts achieved what you had hoped, less than, more than? Uh, where are you on that? I would say that after I saw that it was being reported on, uh, you know, like NBC, I would say that I would count that as a success. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I think once you can get the mainstream media to report that there are two sides to the younger generation, I would call it a success. I mean, obviously, it could have been more successful. There always could have been more people participated. But really, the whole point is to draw attention to the fact that, you know, not all the kids are fighting against your Second Amendment rights. A lot of us want to preserve those rights for whenever we have to be in charge of this country. So I think as long as we got that message out, I, I think it was a success. Well, what about your future? What do you, what do you plan on for the future of, with all this? Well, uh, I, I think that it is my passion to, you know, fight for, for people's natural rights. And so uh, I do plan on going into politics in the future. Uh, next year I'm heading to college at George Mason in Virginia. So uh, I'm going a long way from home, but it'll be close to D.C. so I can hopefully do internships in the city and things like that and uh, hopefully keep doing the same sort of thing that I've been doing so far. Well, just remember, when you get up there and you get in that high place up there, remember the Constitution, all of it, okay? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I agree with that. You know, I was doing an interview yesterday on somebody else's show, and, you know, I was saying every single uh, elected official puts their hand on something, a Bible or, or something, and they swear to uphold the exact same Constitution. Right. There's not two different constitutions, one for Democrat uh, liberal politicians and one for conservative Republican politicians. It's all the same document, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And it, it's just a little mind blowing to me how uh, divided uh, we have allowed ourselves to become. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I think that uh People are people have forgotten uh, what the Constitution is supposed to do. It's not supposed to give the government powers. It's supposed to take powers away from the government and give it to the states or to the people. And, and I think that if the more we remember that, the better off we're going to be as a country. Absolutely. Well, we're about out of time, but I can guarantee you that there's a bunch of our listeners that are very intrigued with someone who's so young who has so much um, interest in and knowledge of our Constitution and, you know, a want to move forward and apply those things to a, a, an elected official's life, a, I don't want to say a politician, a public servant's life. So how could people, you know, follow all of the things that you plan to do? Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, at, it's my personal account is W I L L R I L Y, which is just my name without the E. Uh, or you can follow Stand for the Second, which is at Stand Second on Twitter, and that's all spelled out, not like two in D. Very good, super awesome, Will. I'm glad to know you. I know I'm going to be wanting to check in and see how things are going on your journey. So we'll definitely have you back on again in the future. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Will Riley. Bye-bye now. All right. Stick around. We still have a whole host of guests lined up. And next on the docket is Paul Brockman of The Patriot Picket. Stick around. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knoll Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. 
please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at PottyGoldEstate.com. There was a lawyer once. His name was Francis Scott Key. He penned a song that I'm sure you're aware of. You've seen it. It's in most hymnals throughout our churches. It's called the National Anthem. It is Welcome our back song to the Gun Freedom Radio. The Gun Freedom Radio? Or how about just Gun Freedom Radio? <laughs> I don't know. That introduction with that powerful music there, whatever that note, note was, is awesome. It was. Um, so we are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And our show is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Please find out more and check out all the great content at selfdefenseradio.net. So we are glad you're here with us today. And if you've missed any part of this show, please be sure to check out our website for the recording. There is a link on there at gunfreedomradio.com that says On Demand. You click that On Demand tab and you can binge listen to your heart's content all 115 other episodes that we have posted up there. And when you want to put a face to a voice, click the Guest tab. There is a guest page with every single person we've ever had on the show with photographs and links to the work they've done and articles written about them, books they've written, all that sort of thing. So you can really uh, use it as a tremendous resource. Well, today, you might be able to tell by the uh, intro music we just played, we are talking about Independence Day. And our next guest is... Paul Brockman. He is the captain and spokesperson for the Patriot Picket, a Second Amendment activist group headquartered in Annapolis, Maryland. Paul is a lifetime NRA member and the lead plaintiff in the Maryland Shall Issue versus Hogan, challenging the legality of their recently enacted bump stock ban in the state of Maryland. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hey, thanks, Cheryl. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We are so excited to talk to you. We, uh, I got to meet you in person standing yeah. on the grassy lawn of the Capitol building in our nation's uh, capital, Washington, D.C., and at the time did not even realize all the significance of who you are and what you do. And I just love it when uh, God brings people into our path that way. And so... I want to start by asking you about your group, the Patriot Picket. Tell us what that's all about. Well, the Patriot Picket was founded a few years ago by a very good friend of mine named Jeff Holbert. And it was a reaction to the constant gun control bills that were being proposed in our Maryland legislature year after year after year. So we wanted to do something different to get the attention of the Maryland legislators and the public in general. And so we decided that a good old-fashioned picket line with hand-painted signs uh, that was just held by regular people out there on the sidewalks uh, in Annapolis at the uh, state legislature buildings would be just the ticket. 
And so we do that. We started doing that every Monday night when the legislature meets in the evenings. We come down and we have our signs and we do some sidewalk lobbying as the delegates and senators leave their office buildings to cross the street and go into the state house. And so it's a great way to get our messages in their face. And some of our signs are a little edgy and that's okay. We like being provocative, but we get them to think and they'll stop and talk to us. And again, we get to do that little sidewalk interaction with them. So that, that was very successful and it's kind of morphed into this regional force that promotes and supports primarily the first and second amendments by being the voice of reason and common sense at rallies and marches by those who would like to do nothing more than take our guns Mm. uh, to ban and confiscate them. So we've been to uh, rallies and protests and marches in three states in the District of Columbia. Wow. That's, That's so incredible. And so this is just volunteer hours. It's just people who, you know, show up on their own time, um, you know, I don't know if anybody takes time off work, but they're definitely taking time away from other activities and their family. Do I have that right? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, all, it's all volunteer. Uh, the signs, like I said, are hand-painted. We have some very generous members. Uh, we, we primarily communicate through uh, one of the greatest Internet forums out there called Maryland Shooters. Hmm. And these guys are just fantastic, and they've, they've actually supported and contributed uh, money and supplies to to make the signs, you know, the paint and the board and everything. And these people donate their time and take off work and just come out there and, and do what they feel is right in support of the Second Amendment. And that's the power of grassroots, people who are really, truly, uh, their heart and soul is in what it is they're doing. Um, we, like I said, we met in um, Washington, D.C., and uh, the, the event we met at was with the D.C. Project, which was very calm. It was just a nice little celebration of the work that the 50 women, one from each state, who come to D.C. to interact with their uh, individual um, elected officials have done. But then uh, your guys were also at uh, an event that was not so calm. It was very raucous. And there were a bunch of um, people out there holding different signs that were, you know, yelling and screaming at those of us who were there to support the Second Amendment. And it was so funny because I I have to say they were probably uh, on somebody's payroll because there was this magic thing that happened. They're screaming one second. The one o'clock hour struck and boom, dead silence. And they all walked away. (laughs) That is the difference. That is a difference. Go ahead. Yeah, they had, and and you you were there. You saw the signs, and many of them were the the generic pre-printed mm-hmm. ACLU branded mm-hmm. signs, and 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 we don't have that. All ours are 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 put together with blood, sweat, and tears by uh, by patriots. And it is funny. We see this over and over and over again, uh, especially in Annapolis. You know, they'll bus in people for an event, and when you actually get to speak with some of them, they're like, well, I'm just here because they pay me. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> not, mm-hmm. Some of them are, are true dyed-in-the-wool dyed antis and, and hardcore lefties, but mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them are just there because they're getting a stipend or they're getting a box lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, we've seen it many times. It's, it's hilarious, actually. And I'm, I'm thinking maybe that's why they use the chant so much, because they don't know why they're there. And so they've got this leader with the bullhorn 
pointed in in my poor husband's ear, who was standing right there on the the steps, uh, trying to participate in our celebration. And uh, these these people were just out of control. Um, they had their moment, and they should have moved along because now it was our turn. But it was it was really interesting. I had not been a part of something like that before. But uh, hey. go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just I was just gonna say that. And what they were there to to protest against had nothing to do with with the Heller anniversary. Exactly. I mean, they could have, uh, exactly. you know, it's like, hey, note to protesters: if you're going to protest something, at least make your your chants and your slogans and everything relevant to what you're protesting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, they could have been at a McDonald's and have this, had the same effect. I mean, it just it didn't make any sense. Exactly. Well, a couple of them uh, just. Hey, this is Dan. Hey, welcome to the show. There was a couple that well, had. You. Uh, signs that they just made right at the moment. I think they found a piece of paper on the ground. And there was a couple that were, but it was uh, pretty uh, funny to, to see them doing that. But they 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 had no idea why they were there. Well, they didn't. And, you know, their signs did say ACLU. Well, the ACLU is a, a civil rights organization. And I'm like, yeah, and the Second Amendment is trying to, you know, help protect your civil rights so stop yelling right. at me <laughs> we're on the same side <laughs> of freedom i'm maybe not on the exact issue that they were there yelling about but um anyway very interesting experience so speaking of interesting experiences uh i remember that i think it was back in february a couple of your patriot uh picket members or leaders actually got arrested right on the yes, yes, they did at the state house in Annapolis, Maryland. What what was that about? Were you guys being unruly and and uh, well, breaking you, the law? What was going on? <laughs> no, not at all. You've seen us in action. Uh, we don't uh, we don't break the law. We're not unruly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was this this was uh, this was hilarious because we were in the same spot on the sidewalk where we've been for for every night. For the past three legislative sessions, every Monday night we've been on the sidewalk, which is legally permissible. You don't need a permit. You know, our slogan at the Patriot Picket is we don't need no stinking permit. <laughs> so <clears throat> the the uh, Capitol Police came out and told Kevin Holbert, Jeff's brother and one of the one of the founders, uh, that things have changed. You've got to move. And he wanted us to move off the sidewalk onto a place called Lawyer's Mall, which is where demonstrations happened. And that is a permitted zone. You have to have a permit if you're going to hold a rally or a demonstration on Lawyer's Mall. So we kind of figured it was a trap or a setup mm-hmm. and said, no, thank you. We'll stay out here in the uh, no permit required zone. Mm-hmm. Well, he came back again a few minutes later, said, you guys have got to move. Again, no, thank you. About 40 minutes later, came out the last time, said, I'm issuing you guys a lawful order to get off the sidewalk. You're going to be arrested. Mm-hmm. So... Jeff knew it was coming, and he says, "No, I'll take the arrest because I think this is uh, this is nonsense. You, you're violating our civil rights by telling us to to move." So they immediately called in backup. Had six Annapolis police department officers show up, you know, for these crazy sign holders, uh, were so dangerous, and arrested Jeff. And then his brother Kevin was videotaping the whole event. Mm-hmm. And not even actually holding a sign, just being on the public sidewalk with a with a video camera, and they arrested him. Hmm. Took him down to Annapolis uh, Police Department, held him for a couple hours, let him go. Well, because we do this on Monday nights when the legislature's in session, the news got out. There was other media there. A uh, good friend of ours, Brian Sears, with the Daily Record, caught the whole thing on on his camera. Mm-hmm. He couldn't believe it. It goes viral on social media. Of course, we had 
uh, interview request. So went back down to the scene of the crime, and I'm making quotation marks with my fingers, <laughs> the yeah. next day to do interviews. And lo and behold, the chief of the Capitol Police shows up and issues two more citations to the brothers. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> as, if the first, as if the first night wasn't enough when you get you for some more. Right. So right. subsequently, <clears throat> that was Tuesday by Thursday. Uh, like I said, this thing went crazy viral. And the charges were dropped by the state's attorney, said, who actually had some common sense, says, there's no way we're going to prosecute these. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> Jeff and Kevin have also filed a civil rights violation lawsuit against the, the chief of the Maryland uh, Capitol Police, wow. uh, the sergeant involved, et cetera, et cetera. Very so good, very good. They hey. may be they may be learning a, a very expensive lesson in about the First Amendment. Absolutely. Hey, we've got to run. I'm sorry we're out of time. We'll definitely bring you back on to dig deeper sure. into like the bump stock lawsuit and all of that. But really fast before we get cut off, tell us tell our listeners how they find out more about the Patriot Picket and follow all the work you do and support it. Well, you can find us on Facebook at The Patriot Picket, on Al Gore's amazing internet at patriotpicket.org, and on (laughs) Maryland Shooters. Fantastic. Paul Brockman, thank you so much for all you do, The Patriot Picket. Bye-bye now. Thanks, Cheryl. Anytime. Bye. All right. Stick around. Don't move our muscle. We still have hour number two on the other side of these messages. something like this. Listen here. Oh, beautiful far spacious skies When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband 
husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Hey, this is Lloyd Bailey, the Armed Lutheran, host of the Armed Lutheran Radio Podcast, reminding you that the podcast you're listening to is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Check out all the great content at selfdefenseradio.net.